Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. As always, we are here Saturday and Sunday morning, 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And the primary reason we are here is you. We're here to help you understand more about your health, how you can achieve a better quality of life, a better quality of health, and a greater vitality. I think everybody would like to feel better. But some people believe that it is only through drugs that we prevent disease and reverse disease. We certainly do not cure it. But how can we get healthier? Well, food is the only fuel that our body requires for health. And if we're not achieving a better quality of diet and the quality of our food that we are eating, we we may not be achieving the ultimate level of good health. Food is our medicine. And the food we eat daily determines whether or not we'll have good health or bad health over time. Our health is not due to just living up to chance or the roll of the dice or for some other reason. We're not being punished by God. We are not unhealthy. Only we are unhealthy because we make bad choices. And years ago, fat was demonized as the damaging effect for all our health, cardiovascular, heart disease, cancer, and almost everything else. So the cry of the time was, fat is bad for us. Avoid fat. Well, our body requires fat. And we even label fat as essential fatty acids. Meaning that it is essential for good health. Protein is essential for good health. There are no essential carbohydrates, no essential sugars that our body requires. We need good quality protein. We need good quality fats. And that is even also saturated as well. Butter, cream, lard, bacon drippings, bacon, meat, animal fats are all good for us. We have been misled for probably 70 years that fat is bad for us. Fat really is our friend. Now there are some bad fats. All the vegetable oils. The polyunsaturated fatty acids are bad for us. They are very fragile. They become very rancid easily. And they are very high in the pro-inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids. When we require more omega-3 fatty acids. So fats are good for us. So start thinking about adding more fats to your diet and 
drastically reducing your carbohydrates and sugar. They have found that a low-carb diet is more healthy and will sustain our health and our vitality for a longer period of time. It increases longevity. So just think about that. I've run into so many people that are on low-fat diets that have so many complications due to reducing the levels of fats. We need fats. We probably need more fats than proteins and far less carbohydrates. We don't need carbohydrates. Grains, pasta, bread, crackers, pretzels, all the flour and grain products are only of recent production. Now this may sound very odd to you at the first time, but we have only been eating grains for about the last 10,000 years. But before that, the several million years, the diet was proteins and fats and very low carbohydrate foods like vegetables that grow above the ground. Those that grow under the ground, in the ground, are very high in starch, which means sugar. You know, all your carbohydrates are sources of sugar. They turn to sugar in the body as a means of metabolizing the carbohydrates. Proteins do not. Fats do not. So the American diet is 80 to 90% carbohydrates and sugar. That makes 50% of the population of adults obese. Because carbohydrates are the culprit that increases weight gain and obesity. The fats that we eat today are mostly the omega-6 fatty acids that are used in the production of prepared and packaged goods. And butter and cream and lard and all these good fats, animal fats, are avoided because we have been taught and we have been misled to say that they cause heart disease and cancer. They do not. So, even though that we have been eating grains 10,000 years, which sounds like a long time, that's only 0.2% of the time that the population of the world has been eating food. And the food prior to that 10,000 years was primarily fat and protein. Keep that in mind. But today we're going to be talking about how to improve the quality of your arteries. Those are your, let's just say, the plumbing of your body, like the plumbing in your house, circulates water. To do the various, you turn on the shower, flush the toilet, to get a drink of water. 
All that water is in your plumbing, in your piping. Arteries are like pipes. They also have circulation, but of blood, not water. And the blood carries oxygen and nutrients to nourish the heart and the cardiovascular system. We're going to also talk about low blood sugar and how it causes us to overeat. And then we'll take a closer look at aluminum, a mineral that is toxic to our body. We'll talk about a case study and how the ketogenic diet can improve brain health, even reduce brain cancer. We'll talk about Lyme disease, we'll talk about sugary sodas, and more. Right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally, and we're here for you. Tell your friends and family about Terry Talks Nutrition if you want, have to want them to learn more about their health. And you can tell people from outside of the Green Bay local broadcasting of the show. They can listen worldwide just by opening up their computer, going to terrytalksnutrition.com, click on the radio show. They can listen live anywhere from around the world by changing their times, wherever they are, to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time in Green Bay, Wisconsin, in the USA. Or, that may be difficult and inconvenient for many people, so you can always bring up the shows that have been archived there, stored there, for you to bring up a radio show at your convenience, or as they say, on demand. And you can do so with our newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. We have several hundred thousand people now getting the newsletter. We have several hundred thousand people following Terry Talks Nutrition. Amazing. Yes, it blows my mind. Why so many people want to listen to how they can improve their health. It should be. It should be millions of people. Because drugs are not the answer and doctors don't know beans about improving your health. They have never studied diet and nutrition. They study disease, drugs, surgery. Now they're all good things. There may be a time when drugs are necessary. But we don't think that food is necessary so we eat junk, garbage, Sugar, carbohydrates, which are all damaging to the body. So maybe this can help some people wrap their minds around the fact that food really is the fuel that only nourishes and makes the body either healthy or unhealthy depending on the choices of the food that you're consuming. 
Now let's talk about your arteries. Arteries are blood vessels. And arteries carry oxygen, or I would say oxygenated blood, away from the heart. And veins carry oxygen depleted blood back to the heart. So veins take the blood into the heart. And arteries take it away from the heart to the tissues and organs. What happens to a diseased artery? Healthy arteries. Just think about your hose that you have out in your garden or your lawn. It's a circular object having a diameter inside the diameter. So you have a free-flowing blood or free-flowing water in your hose. So you have free-flowing water, excuse me, blood in your artery. So healthy, healthy arteries are like soft, clean rubber tubes with very flexible sides. Now when they are diseased or getting unhealthy, like diseased arteries are stiff, thick, and clogged with plaque. So the diameter of the hose or your artery is getting smaller and smaller and smaller of the inside diameter. If your garden hose is clogged with mud or it's squeezed off in some way, very small amount of water will trickle through the inner diameter of the hose. The same with your arteries. When they're stiff and thick and clogged with a plaque, basically a calcium plaque, And when your diseased arteries have become stiff, thick, and clogged, it will mean a ten times increased risk of health problems such as stroke or heart attack and a 22% increased risk of death. So a healthy artery has very Excellent circulation. Great blood flow. Low risk of heart disease. A partially blocked artery. The artery is narrowed by atherosclerosis, by a buildup of plaque. So it has an increased risk of cardiovascular health. And then a blocked artery that there is so much plaque buildup in the lining of the artery the blocked arteries can lead to a stroke and heart disease. So there are some very key vitamins to maintain a healthy artery 
or healthy arteries, and your heart. Now, there are three key vitamins. First of all, vitamin A, not beta-carotene. Beta-carotene is not necessarily vitamin A. They tell you that, but vitamin A by itself, which is called retinol, R-E-T-I-N-O-L, retinol, that is straight vitamin A. Beta-carotene is a carotenoid that is found in vegetables and can possibly convert to vitamin A, but it's a different kind of vitamin A. Now, the real vitamin A, the retinol, slows the progression of inflammation leading to heart disease. You may have a multiple vitamin of some brand. I have no idea. But it may say vitamin A, beta carotene. I beg to differ with that. It's not vitamin A. And there are many, many people that cannot convert beta-carotene to vitamin A. Vitamin A is extremely critical for health and only the straight retinol form of vitamin A will do the trick. And it slows the progression of inflammation that leads to heart disease. Not high cholesterol. That is a scam. That is a myth. That cholesterol causes heart disease. There are more heart attacks and strokes in people with low cholesterol. Cholesterol is very important for the health of the body. In fact, it is so important that our Creator, however you want to believe, that designed the function of our body, included a mechanism that naturally produces cholesterol because it is so critical to the health of our body that we can't live without it. And lowering it only causes more disease and complications with the drug that causes lowering of the cholesterol. And vitamin D3. Not D2. D3. It keeps your arteries flexible and reduces inflammation based on blocking a hormone that increases blood vessel constriction, which can lead to increased blood pressure. It constricts the blood vessels. It makes them hard, rigid, unflexible. And then this one, you might have heard of K, vitamin A, vitamin D3, but now we're going to talk about vitamin K2. Menaquinone. Menaquinone is vitamin K2. 
and it helps actually direct calcium that is partially built up in your arteries that makes the plaque. Well, it K2 directs calcium away from the blood vessels where it could possibly lead to hardening of the arteries or arterial calcification and directs calcium where it should be going to the soft tissues of the body and to the bones where it is most needed and required. It should not be found in your arteries. And vitamin K maintains a way to prevent calcium from building up in our blood vessels. So let's look at some of the research behind these three vitamins. A five-year study of over 400 adults in Australia, those with the highest plasma retinol, vitamin A levels, had the lowest risk of heart disease. Now, we treat heart disease with drugs. But remember, food is our medicine. We need a healthy diet to have a healthy body, not drugs. Now, we may have gotten to a point in someone's life that they abused their heart, their health, for decades, And maybe now they cannot live without a drug. But as we start earlier in life to improve the quality of our heart, arteries, and the health of our entire cardiovascular system, it's through nutrition, not through drugs. Heart disease patients receiving 25,000 IU vitamin A daily versus a placebo group the vitamin A group had a 0.87 fold decrease in the markers of inflammation associated with heart disease while the placebo group had a 1.17 increase in those same inflammatory markers So vitamin A lowers inflammation. And if you don't have the right kind of vitamin A, or don't even have any vitamin A, it can increase inflammation of the heart. A study of over 26,000 people found that that compared to vitamin D levels, those with very low vitamin D3 levels had a 41% increased risk of death from heart disease. If they were healthy at the start of the study, if they already had heart disease, they had a 65% increased risk of death. So vitamin D3 reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease and lowers the risk of death from heart disease. 
a diet high in vitamin K. As vitamin K2 has been found to reduce arterial calcification by 50%, reduce the risk of heart disease by 50%, and reduce overall risk of dying by 25%. These three vitamins, and they are vitamins, they are nutrients, you can take, get through food, and you can also take by supplement. I like to take a supplement with vitamin A, vitamin D3, and vitamin K2. So what we should know about these three nutrients to keep our arteries smooth, flexible, and free of clogs, blockage, plaque, we should be taking a daily combination of 10,000 IU vitamin A as retinol, 5,000 IU of vitamin D3, and 45 micrograms of vitamin K2. Sometimes, I'll take two or three dosages of this combination. So I'm up sometimes to 20 or 30,000 units of vitamin A, 10 to 15,000 units of vitamin D3, and that would mean approximately 125 micrograms of K2. These are all in a very safe form and have been studied at these dosages to improve the cardiovascular system, reduce the risk of dying from heart disease and strokes, and to prevent clogging of the arteries, which is a common occurrence in many Americans that will have double, triple bypass surgery over many years, decades, Without having these nutrients in our diet or by supplement, they have the same value based on scientific research, whether through food or through supplements. So I'm going to pause here for a few moments to let the station identify itself and maybe some commercials. I understand there are some. And then we're going to come back with more right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. And if you want to learn more, in the meantime, go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com, and you'll learn more about health and nutrition anytime you view our website. I'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back, my friends. We're entering the second portion of our program. We're here to the top of the hour. We'll be here for another 25 or 30 minutes. We have a lot on our docket today to cover. And when we don't cover it, we'll cover it sometime in the next shows. That'll bring you more information on how to have a better quality of life. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and if you're always having something, cold, flu, you don't feel good, you're exhausted, you're tired, 
you have type 2 diabetes, you have cancer, whatever it might be, you can get better. Under all these circumstances, miracles happen every day. Nutrition turns around the quality of our life. We may not have nourished our body effectively or sufficiently. We can start today, the next meal, to improve the choices of our lifestyle, will improve the quality of our health and our attitude about life. So let's talk a little bit about low blood sugar and how it affects hunger pains. Why are some people always hungry? Well, that was an interesting subject to a bunch of scientific researchers. They wanted to know why. Why are some people always hungry, binge eating, always eating a lot of junk foods, fast foods, not healthy foods? So researchers provided breakfast containing a standardized amount of calories and then allowed participants to eat what they normally would for the rest of the day and they did this for a two-week period. So breakfast was standardized. The rest of the meals were not. So what did this show the researchers? Well, the blood sugar levels were measured over the course of the study. And participants recorded their food intake and the level of hunger. Despite eating the same breakfast meal, some people experienced major sugar dips two to three hours after breakfast two or three hours later. These people had a 9% increase in hunger and waited 30 minutes less before their next meal than the people who had smaller changes in blood sugar levels. The big dippers, the biggest crashes of blood sugar, also ate 75 more calories in the three to four hours after breakfast and more than 312 calories over the entire day than those that just crashed slightly. These additional calories translated to a 20-pound gain weight over a year. Individual differences in metabolism and insulin activity make a huge difference to hunger and calorie intake. Insulin. Actually, some people even being affected by type 2 diabetes are placed on insulin when the 
Pills don't work. Well, first of all, type 2 diabetes is optional. In 95 to 97% of the cases of those that are experiencing or have been diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic. Why are type 2 why do we have, why do people have type 2 diabetes? Well, because we eat too much sugar. It's as simple as that. Lower the amount of calories and carbohydrates and sugar. Maybe walk 30 minutes a day or at least several times a week. Lose weight. And if you go on a low-carb diet, like the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet, you will automatically lower the amount of weight that you carry before you go on a ketogenic diet. You'll just lose weight. It's automatic. You don't have to try. You don't have to cut calories. You can eat as many calories as you want of the proteins and fats that you're allowed and lower your carbohydrates. Right now, the amount of carbohydrate per gram by individuals in the U.S. is up around 300 to 400 grams of carbohydrates per day. And if you really want to do well, feel fantastic, have a tremendous amount of energy, reverse many different kinds of diseases, such as heart disease, diabetes, cancer. Yes, even including cancer. By just initiating a low-carb diet, can have major a major impact on the health of your body. Now you will see differences sometimes early in the process, but don't give up. Sometimes some individuals, because of the abuse that their body has taken, may need months before they see the changes occur. But somewhere between a few months and maybe as many as 18 months. But you'll see changes that are far more effective than drugs. It takes discipline. And it takes giving up some food that you may crave. Like sugar. Like carbohydrates. But once you give up carbohydrates and sugar and you employ a major, major measure of discipline to stay the road, stay the course, you're going to have phenomenal health. Your pain will be gone. Your arthritis will be gone. You'll have better health of your heart lower your risk of cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes. A lot of this has been documented through scientific studies. And it proves that we don't need carbohydrates. 
And the American diet is primarily made up of carbohydrates and sugar. So it takes time, but it's going to give you a tremendous amount of impact in terms of your health. Insulin, which is produced by the pancreas, to take the sugar, to shuttle the sugar into the cells to produce energy. Now, we are consuming a tremendous amount of sugar per individual. So the insulin becomes ineffective. We're eating more sugar than what the insulin has capabilities of shuttling into the cells. So it has to store it because it has no other ability. Either it produces energy or it's stored as fat. Insulin is a fat-producing, fat-storing hormone. The more insulin we produce based on the amount of sugar that we consume, the more fat we produce. And that's why Americans, almost 50% of adult Americans are obese. That is grossly overweight. And 91% of all Americans are overly fat. With the beer belly, pot belly, whatever you want to call it, the bread belly. So insulin becomes very ineffective, but it makes you fat. And the cells of our body have built up a resistance for insulin to become effective. So it's a hormone that makes us fat. The more insulin produced, the fatter we become. So by reducing carbohydrates and sugar, we'll be healthier. And we'll be on our way to have a better degree of energy levels that you don't probably experience today. So let's take a closer look at a mineral. Aluminum. Not too many people would take aluminum as a mineral. But we do get it in our diet and in our environment. It's a dangerous heavy metal. A heavy metal is a metallic element that is toxic or poisonous in very low concentrations. There are other dangerous heavy metals as well, including mercury, arsenic, and cadmium. Aluminum has no benefits for the human body. But because aluminum is used in so many products, every human being has aluminum in their body. The breath in particular, the particulates of the breath are released into the air during manufacturing process. 
we breathe in these particulates that are released during the manufacturing process is one way. We ingest aluminum from food contaminated by cookware and the use of aluminum foil, sometimes called tin foil, not tin at all. It's aluminum. And although it is no longer made from tin, we absorb aluminum through the skin from the use of antiperspirants. Cosmetics contain a lot of aluminum and medication contains aluminum. Two grams of aluminum are applied to the skin with every use of antiperspirants. And it stays and absorbed from the skin until washed off. Two grams. So what does aluminum do to your body? What effect does it have? Well, first of all, it can pass the blood-brain barrier and is known as the neurotoxin, a poison to the nervous system. It has been blamed for one of the causative factors of Alzheimer's disease. In fact, a 2009 study found that people drinking water with high levels of aluminum more than doubled their risk of Alzheimer's disease. Aluminum is also linked to bone disease, breast cancer, and potentially other brain and nervous system conditions such as multiple sclerosis, MS, and Parkinson's disease. There is possibly a cure for aluminum exposure based on a study, a new study, that looked at the effects of curcumin. Curcumin BCM95, a very special form of curcumin. They looked at the effects of this form of curcumin on aluminum toxicity and brain function. In animals with aluminum toxicity, problem-solving ability was reduced by 90% versus healthy animals. But administration of curcumin, the BCM95, with turmeric essential oil, restored brain function to near normal levels. Both aluminum and curcumin can cross the blood-brain barrier. The blood-brain barrier is kind of like a, a wall around the city to protect unwanted or foreign invasion. 
The blood-brain barrier is a barrier that prevents objects from getting into the brain or, or toxins getting into the brain. But aluminum can pass through the blood-brain barrier. But so can curcumin. By combining curcumin with turmeric essential oil, boosted brain levels of curcumin 14 times higher than using standard curcumin alone. This helps to reduce the amount of aluminum in the brain, which many researchers have found or claim that it is one of the causative factors for Alzheimer's disease. Curcumin is one of those very special spices that seems to have an effect on almost every pathway and enzyme system in the body. While we're talking about brain health and how curcumin can improve the quality of brain health, here's the case study that we just ran across that I thought was very interesting to share with you. You know, I've talked a lot about the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is a diet that emphasizes, emphasizes, I should say, proteins and fats and drastically restricts carbohydrates. So the amount of carbohydrates in the American diet is somewhere around 300 to 400 grams per day. On the keto diet, it can be a low, as low as 10 or 20 grams. And it might be a little higher in some people depending on their needs and their requirements. But I would suggest from most studies I've seen on the low-carb diet, the keto diet, the paleo diet, we should not be getting more than around 75 to 100 grams of carbohydrates daily. And they found that the ketogenic diet actually stops a form of brain cancer, a deadly brain cancer. Geloblastoma. Most people survive about a year after diagnosis of this deadly brain cancer, including after being treated with surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. They survive only about a year, even with all the treatment. They only survive about a year after diagnosis. A new case report, not a scientific study, but a case report, discusses the case of a British man who started a very strict ketogenic diet 
And in this case, it was zero carbohydrates. No grams of carbohydrates. So this individual consumed protein, animal protein, meat, fish, seafood, eggs, and fat. No carbohydrates. When diagnosed with his deadly brain cancer in 2014, despite pressure from his doctors, he declined chemotherapy and radiation treatment, which are devastating in their own right. And in many times, chemotherapy and radiation kills a patient before the cancer came. He underwent surgery to remove part of the tumor three years after diagnosis and is still alive in 2021, seven years after his tumor was found. The tumor is still present that was not removed at the time of the surgery, but is growing at a very, very low, slow pace. This individual continues to follow the ketogenic diet, and the ketogenic diet cannot thrive on protein and fat. These cells grow, but in order for these cancer cells to grow, Cancer cells need food, nourishment. And these cancer cells grow with sugar. Like all diseases, sugar causes most diseases to grow, to increase, to be more damaging. But the ketogenic diet with zero carbs deprives the cancer cells of the sugar and all carbs, bread, pasta, cake, pie, pretzels, crackers, all these products that are made from grains, all grains, wheat, barley, rye, corn, whatever, grains, the flour of these grains or grains have to convert to sugar in the body. So it's not just the sugar in the sugar bowl. It's not just that white stuff that you see on a table in a restaurant or at your home or you may buy five pounds of sugar. But all these carbohydrate type foods are sugar. And this sugar, whether it comes from carbohydrates or white sugar or brown sugar or sucrose or glucose or fructose, feeds the cancer cells. Cancer cells cannot grow unless they are fed sugar. 
and the American diet is all sugar. And this individual has maintained a healthy blood weight, body weight, excuse me, body weight, and a good quality of life. And people that have the most devastating diseases, it could be anything from any kind of autoimmune disease, could be cancer, arthritis, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease. If any kind of condition can be reversed, stopped, or grow very, very, very slowly compared to when one eats a lot of sugar on a ketogenic diet or a paleo diet or a very low-carb diet which emphasizes proteins and fats. So we want to eliminate the sugar. Sugar is the is the first mechanism of action that causes all these other conditions. Sugar in itself is not a poison. You're not going to die from the sugar. You die from what the sugar initiates in the body. There is a mechanism of action caused by the sugar, caused by the carbohydrates that are out of control. Very small amount of carbohydrates is okay. But in the American diet is way in excess of any healthy level. So my friends, again, this hour has gone by way too fast. But tomorrow I'll be here again, Sunday, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And just think about your health. This week coming up, are you going to be eating a lot of junk? A lot of carbohydrates? A lot of sugar? And you'll probably stay the same as you are now. Feeling sick, tired, exhausted, unhealthy. But are you going to change? And maintain a healthy change long term? To become healthier? Good animal proteins, fats, vegetables, low sugar fruits, and become healthier. And with that, my friends, I'm all out of time. So, say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. And God bless you. And God bless America.